Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Edge Church. My name is Stephen Van Denen. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you are from, we are so glad to have you joining with us today as we continue on in our new sermon series through the book of James that we're calling James, the Intersection of Faith and Life. We, we've given the series this title because really the overarching theme of the book of James is this idea that, that real religion, real faith is, is not simply that something that you believe in here or that you think in here, but is also something that is to be lived out here. In other words, a faith that is real and true is a faith that works and is evidenced by our life, is a faith that is living and active and and put on display and one that is meant to touch upon every area of our life. If you were with us last week, then uh, Pastor Neil did a great job uh, of setting up our series and giving us some important context uh, as we go through this book. So if you missed that, I'd encourage you to go and give that a listen, but this morning I want to just continue us uh, on in our journey through James. And, and, and this morning we're going to look at a topic that is absolutely relevant to all of us and has certainly affected all of us over this past year. This morning we are going to talk about trials. Uh, as we open God's word together, my hope and my prayer for you is that God would encourage you by his word, that the spirit of God would minister to your heart and your mind, that you would hear and receive all that God has to speak to you and that all of us would be transformed and changed by God's word. And as always, at the end of every message, I'll leave you with some questions just for you to think about, to process, to journal, to talk about with the people in your home or gathered in your house church gathering. So let's just pray and invite the Lord into our time. Father, come before you this morning in the name of your son, Jesus. God, I ask, uh, Lord, that you and your goodness by your grace Lord, by your spirit, Lord, that you would speak and minister to each and every heart. God, thank you for this opportunity for us to hear your word, God. Thank you for, um, Lord, just your great love for us, your care for us. God, thank you that you gave us your word, God, so that by it we might know you and, and know, God, who you've made us to be. Lord, I pray that uh, you would speak, that you would minister, that you'd open up our ears to hear from you today, that you'd open our hearts to receive from you, God. Have your way in our time and in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, open it up to the book of James chapter one, and we're gonna begin in verse two. And, re- and remember as we read this, that, that this is James, James, the half-brother of Jesus, who at this time is the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. And he is teaching and writing to the church that is under great perse- persecution. They're, they're experiencing great suffering for following Jesus. And many are struggling to keep the faith in the face of trials. And so, so James here is kind of like an ER doctor. He's not going to tell us everything about everything. He's just really going to give us the essentials that we need. Like, like if you were dying on an emergency room table, the fact that you have an acne issue isn't really a priority, right? You get what is essential in order to preserve your life. And in a similar way, uh, as we go through James, James is giving us what we need in order to preserve and faithfully walk out our lives in Christ and not give up. And so here's what he says to us beginning in verse two. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials 
of many kinds. Now, now let's just stop here for a minute because there is a whole lot for us in just this one verse. Uh, for, first, let me just say that one of the things that I love about the Bible is that it doesn't sugarcoat life's challenges and hardships. It doesn't pretend like life is all sunshine and no storms. Notice that James doesn't say here that, that if you happen to have a trial in your life or if you happen to know one of the unfortunate few people who happen to have one, that's not what it says because that's not our reality, is it? It says when you face trials, not if you do, because the reality is, is that we all face trials. Most of us have already, and not to be a downer, but the reality is that there are still more trials coming for us. That's also why it says here trials and not trial, right? Because a trial is not this, it's not just this thing that happens one time in our life. It's not this, this one time and, and, and then you survive that or get through that and then it's all behind you, right? No, it's mountaintops and valleys, isn't it? In the New King James Version, it says, consider it pure joy when you fall into trials. I kind of like that a little bit better because that's kind of how it happens, right? It's like you're going along. Things are good. Life is good. Everything seems to be in place. And then it's like, bam, all of a sudden you just get hit and you're fallen and you're flat on your face and you never even saw it coming. That's part of what makes a problem a problem, isn't it? The, the fact that, that we don't get to plan for it and prepare for it. I mean, can we just all say 2020, right? And we're still walking through it, aren't we? For some of us, it's been heavier and, and more difficult than maybe it has been for others, but no one has been immune. Everyone has been affected. Health has been affected. Jobs, relationships, mental health, education, virtually every aspect of life. And maybe for some of you today, you just feel down. You feel worn out. You're exhausted. You're frustrated. You're sad or lonely or depressed or anxious because trials are hard. Trials hurt. James here is just being really honest with us about the reality of this life. He is echoing the words of his brother Jesus who said to us in John 16, in this world, in this life, you will have trouble. Not maybe, not probably, but you will. See, a lot of Christians wrestle with God and with faith because we wrongly believe and have been wrongly taught that the Christian life was meant to be easy and without hardship. That you just give your life to Jesus and start following him and all you do is win, 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 right? That you just succeed at everything. You have health and wealth and prosperity. That this isn't what Jesus told us. This isn't what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus didn't live a life that was immune from hardship or suffering and neither is ours. James says, listen, you're gonna face trials of many kinds. You say, well, what does that mean? Like, like, is he just talking about persecution here? Or is he talking about other things, difficult things, like, like difficulties in a marriage or, or sickness or mental health issues or a rebellious kid or, or personal attacks or loss of a job or income or the death or loss of a loved one? Yeah, all of it, okay? That, that would fit in the category of many kinds, right? I, I love the fact that James just gives this blanket statement so that there's no wiggle room. Whatever the trial that you're in is, it fits. J James tells us that trials come in all shapes and sizes, that we all face them, but, but our trials might then be different. Some may be smaller and others bigger. Some may last for a day and others for years. Some might be tough while others might be tragic. Some can be difficult and others can be devastating. 
Whatever the trial may be, the command of God here to followers of Jesus in James 1 verse 2 is not to simply endure the trials, but to consider them pure joy. What an absolutely outrageous thing to say. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. How how many of us respond to life's trials with joy? It's not our natural response, is it? What's what's normal for us is to get upset or or angry or anxious. What's what's normal is for our emotions to just be all over the place, to be undone or overwhelmed or, or, or to even just try and pretend like nothing's wrong and everything's okay and we're fine. But James tells us here as followers of Jesus that, that we are to respond to the trials we face different than the rest of the world. We are to have a supernatural response to trials. We are to respond with joy. Well, well how do we do that, right? How, how, how might we be able to look and to face trials with joy? Well, James tells us, he goes on, he says, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James says to us here, your ability to have joy in your trials is based upon your ability to see your trials through the right and proper lens. Because if you see your trial wrong, you're going to respond to it wrong. So so how should we, we be looking at these trials? Well, for one, we are meant to see trials as a pathway to maturity. James says to us that God is developing you through the trial. He's maturing you. He's teaching you, informing you, making you stronger. He's developing perseverance in your life so that you can endure and remain and not give up even when life is really hard and it hurts. That that word perseverance here, it it comes from two words. The word hupo, which means under, and meno, which means to stay or remain. It is the picture of someone being under an incredibly heavy load or weight weight and just resolutely staying there. It it, it is the opposite of collapsing or giving in and falling apart. Now, now if I would have asked you when I started today, how how many of you would like to be strong and mature in the Lord? My my guess is is that most of you would have raised your hand because none of us really want to be weak and immature, do we? But, but, But if I would have asked you then, who wants some hardships and trials in your life this week? or this month, or this year? How many of you would have raised your hand? See, if we're honest, what most of us want is to become strong and mature without having to go through trials, don't we? Uh, But according to God's word, we don't get stronger. We don't get maturity without trials. Trials are a pathway into godly maturity. So rather than trying to get ourselves out of a trial, we are to rejoice in it, to have joy in it, let God lead us in it, knowing that the trial isn't meant to break us, but to make us more like Jesus, more mature and complete. And listen, God cares more about your character than he does about your comfort. God is after completing this, is after this finished work in and through your life. It's so easy for us to just get focused on the here and now rather than looking at what is being cultivated in us for the future, rather than be, like looking at our life from the end. Think, think about it like this, like when you bake a cake, what you're really interested in is what comes out of the oven at the end, right? 
You don't focus on, on tasting each individual ingredient to, ter- to determine whether or not it belongs in the mix. If you did, all you would have left at the end is just a big old pile of sugar, but no cake. Instead, what you do is you you take all these ingredients, no matter how bad that one might taste individually, and you mix them all together. And what comes out of the oven at the end is this completed and delicious cake, right? It's not missing anything. Similarly, God's concern for your life is this end result for you and I to become mature and complete, lacking nothing so that in the mix, there's going to be some ingredients that we don't particularly like. There's going to be some ingredients along the way that don't necessarily feel good, but God says, trust me, consider it joy because I am at work to make you strong and mature and complete in me. And isn't that what we really want? Trials are a pathway to maturity. Now, if I had to guess, most, if not all of us, have found ourselves standing in the middle of some of life's trials, unsure of what to do, unsure of what direction to go, unsure of how to move forward. Anybody? And so James directs us in verse 5. He says, listen, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. James says, pray. James says, go to God, look to him, ask of him. Trials are not only meant to mature us, but they are meant to remind us of our desperate need for God. So so often I think if if we're honest, when, when everything is going great in our life, it can really be easy for us to get our eyes and our focus off of God, can it? Trials remind us, though, that that we're not God. Trials remind us that we need God. And so in a way, trials are meant to reorient us and our heart to God. James tells us here to pray and to ask God for wisdom. Why wisdom? Well, well, because wisdom is the ability to to possess knowledge and understanding and to apply it rightly. We want to get God's perspective on what we're going through. We need his wisdom to not waste the opportunity that he's given us in our trial to grow. Otherwise, what we do is we spend all our time simply trying to get out of a trial when what we really need is to grab hold of all that God has for us in it. And so we need God and we need his wisdom. Ask God for it, James says. God will give it to you. But but, but then James gives us this warning starting in verse six. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds really heavy, right? Like James was just like, listen, if you aren't sure what to do, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. And now he's like, listen, but don't doubt because if you do, you shouldn't expect to get anything from God. So so what is James getting at here? James is telling us that what God is after, what God wants is faith. God wants us trusting in him in spite of our circumstances and hardships. But, But there is this wrestle that happens in trials with faith and doubt, isn't there? I love this story in Mark chapter 9 about, about the, the, the father, the man who has a son who's, who's possessed by this demon and he, and he brings him to Jesus. And in verse 22, the, the father says to Jesus, he says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I love it. Jesus is like, if you can. He says, everything is possible for the one who believes 
And it says, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Is, is, is there anybody who can't say amen to that statement? I, I believe, but, but, but God, help my unbelief. I, I believe that you're God. I believe that you are good. I believe, God, you can do this, but help me because part of me is struggling to believe it. And the question is, is that enough faith, right? Is it enough faith for the, for the mercy and grace of God to work on our behalf? Well, let's find out. Verse 25 says, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you come out from him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Listen, let this story encourage your heart today and build up your faith. Because here's the good news for all of us as we fight with doubt in the midst of our trials. And every one of us will at one point in time or another. The, the good news is that God steps into your mustard seed of faith and moves in response. God honors the wrestle. The, the double-minded person that he's talking about is the one who isn't wrestling at all. It's the one who isn't turning to God. It's the one who isn't asking of God. They've just given up. Our, our trials are meant to move us towards God, to ask him for wisdom uh, to, in order to see rightly and, and to help us not doubt, but by faith to trust in God in his goodness towards us, in his hand at work in and through our life and on our behalf. I, I believe God help me overcome my unbelief. J James then turns to, to address another wrestle that we have in the midst of trials. Look at verse nine. He, he says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms, falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now, now what is this all about? See, 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 what James is saying is like, listen, if you get Christ and, and lose everything, then you still have everything. But if you get, have Christ or, or get everything and you lose Christ, you've lost everything, right? He's like, listen, it doesn't matter how much or how little you have. What matters is you have Christ. Because Jesus plus nothing still equals everything. And one of the other wrestles then that we find ourselves in the midst of trials is this wrestle with comparison. Where we get our eyes off of Jesus and we just start looking at everybody else around us and what they have and that we don't, right? This is why social media is often so unhelpful and has been proven to lead us into depression, right? Because as you're going through your trial after you just binge watched like an entire season of something on Netflix and you're still in your pajamas and you, and you grab your phone and you're scrolling through Instagram, what is it that you find, right? Like what you find is that, that everybody Everybody's marriage is awesome, that, that everybody's kids are, are so perfect and, and put together, that they're always on vacations and having fun, that every, people are just counting their money, right? No struggles, no hardships. And, and here you are, you're, you're just going through it. You just ate a whole gallon of ice cream, right? You're angry and depressed and, and you end up just resentful. And, and you're like, really, Lord? Really, I'm the one who's going through this? God, I'm the one suffering in this? Look at them. What about them? And James is like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't believe 
that lie. Everyone endures trials. Everyone goes through storms. This is not against you. This is ultimately for you. And God's like, I am leading you into maturing to maturity. I am showing you your need of me. And James uses this comparison of, of rich and poor because in the end, he's saying, look, it's not about how much you have or you don't have. Your material resources cannot ultimately lead you through your trial. Only spiritual resources can. So James is like, listen, don't look at them and don't look to what you have and don't have. Look to God, trust in him. He will lead you through. And in the end, James concludes with these words of encouragement then to us in verse 12. Listen to this. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James says to us, listen, listen, Christian, whatever you're going through, whatever trial you are facing, don't give up. Don't give in to doubt and comparison. Stay the course, take heart and have joy in it because God is with you. God is for you. He is at work. He's maturing and completing you. He's leading you to himself. So so fix your eyes on him. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for faith and don't get sidetracked by focusing on this momentary trial. But remember that there is a blessing and a reward, an eternal reward for those who persevere. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face many trials, right? Consider it pure joy. God's in it. I, I wanna just close and leave you with a few questions to, to consider, to think about, uh, to, to kind of help you wrap your, your mind and your heart around all of this. Um, or to talk about with the people in your group. So, so here's a few questions. First question, as you think about this message, what's your biggest takeaway? What, what is the thing that, that, as we're talking about trials, just most resonates in your heart and why? That's the first question. Second question for you is, is what is the trial that you're going through right now and how are you responding to it? What are some of the things that God is teaching to you or or, or what is it that God is revealing to you about who he is and who you are? And maybe if that's not you and you'd say, I don't know what trial I'm going through, perhaps maybe you could talk about one of the last trials you have faced. Like, like what was that like? And how did you respond to that? And what did God teach you and show you in that? That's the second question. Here's the third thing, not really a question, but more of an invitation I want to just invite you to take a little bit of time to pray and invite the Lord into your trial, into your circumstance, into your situation. Ask him for his wisdom to see it rightly. Confess your doubts, those places of doubt, those places where you're just wrestling and ask the Lord to increase your faith and then thank God for the work that he is doing to mature and complete you. And if, and if, you're, here, if you're with people and you're like, well, I don't really have something going through, well, then, then pray with somebody who is. Be, be with people in that time. And so I just want to pray for us um, and then I'll give you a little bit of time to respond to those questions or just to hold off and we'll close with a, a final song. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. God, it's hard to th- say thank you for trials, But God, I'm going to say thank you for trials. Thank you for 
for God, the, the things that you have allowed to, to come into our life or for us to experience or to walk through or go through, God, so that we might become mature and complete in you. God, I pray and ask for wisdom to see rightly. And God, I ask that you would help us with our doubts and increase our faith. God, help us to trust you. God, help us to see you in the midst of what we're going through. God, help us not get caught up in comparison and looking at other people, but God, help our eyes and our focus to be on you. God, I pray that even in this time, uh, Lord, as we share with one another, God, that you would minister to us, that you would, uh, God, help us to be an encouragement, a support, a strength uh, to the people around us. And God, I pray that, that your word would just continue to minister in our heart and lead us into all that you have. I'll give you this time. Thanks for it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Go ahead and and talk about uh, those questions together or just hang on for a minute or so and we will close with our final song.